for a senior game, which he'll be uh, timekeeping. He'll sit here on the couch with his, with his little timer and timekeep the last quarter of the, the Friday night footy on the TV. <laughs> It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you, it's the emblem. Welcome Notters fans, welcome players, and welcome anyone else out there who's listening. Uh, this is Round 5, Mazenod Old Collegians Football Club Nodcast. As always, myself, Steve Mann, joined by Sam Deegan. Deegs, how are you, buddy? Good, Stevie, how are you? Very good. The voice isn't the best today, as the uh, astute listener might pick up, but um, I'm, I'm on the mend. And uh, Rob Mann, the man with three ears. Rob, how are you? Hey, good, good to hear from you. <laughs> good, good to see you back out there again on the weekend. Um, and then our special guest tonight, uh, the man that got absolutely jinxed pre-season when Deeg said, despite being named twos captain, he wouldn't see a minute in the twos, and he hasn't. Um, Bit due to form, bit due to uh, injury, but um, the one and the only Ben Riley. Riles, how are you, mate? Good, thank you, Steve. Thanks very much for having me. Big fan of the show. Well, yeah, well, we hear that. Um, we, we hear actually between you, your mum and your dad, just three of the most avid listeners that the show has. So we couldn't we couldn't resist getting you on. Is is it a big feature in the Riley household, the Nodcast? Yeah, it is actually. We we debrief after every episode. Dad wasn't happy after his <laughs> after your your little whack last weekend, but it is. Mum listens to it on her walks, and I I reckon I listened to the first episode four times. So <laughs> biggest fans you've got, I think. I actually got um got a message from from Pistol Pete during the week. I was happy, bit of feedback. So I'll get to that a bit later though, because um, I've got a few things to clear up. I love that He's, some um, families do Game of Thrones nights and the Riles do the Nodcast night where they, they all sit, get the wireless out, they sit around, enjoy it. That's great. I, I can imagine a bit of goggle box type setup just where they're sort of <laughs> sitting on the couch, passing comment. We yeah, might have to get the Nodcast cameras in there one week, I reckon, just to get a bit of a, <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Dad listened to the last one in the hospital, but he as soon as he listened to it, he's messaging saying, did you hear what Sam Deegan said about me? So, <laughs> so, so for those listeners that haven't are up to date, what, what was the clip last week, Diggs? We're going with a, a story. I think last year during COVID, we, uh, we did a quiz night sort of on Zoom while everyone was stuck in lockdown. And the question was, who was the youngest ever captain to Captain Mazenod? And I had the answer of uh, Stu English. Stu English, yeah. And, the answer was Peter Riley, and a few people people uh, sort of put that that answer down, and then I said no, wrong, um, and we had to call Peter <laughs> live on on the Facebook live and and double check, and yeah, he is the youngest the youngest captain, and I got a filthy text uh, during the week when he when he heard it. <laughs> Do you want me to? Re- I'll read it out to you. Oh no, uh, got, is it, we, it's the family program, Dees. Are you sure that we're going to be able to? Yeah, we're going to have to censor it. it? No, he's, he said, currently in my hospital bed listening to your latest Nodcast and I nearly fell out when I heard your <laughs> lies about me. <laughs> I know how you media guys work. Just run with the story regardless of facts. 
Um, and he expects an apology and a retraction on the on the next episode, which is uh, what this is. So I'll, I'll clear oh, yeah, that so up. Do you want to? Do you, do you want it? Well, that's, I don't know. Didn't hear much of an apology there. Do you want to give him? Yeah, a, no, that's, a, the that's as good as you get in pistol. <laughs> I've got nothing else for you, mate. He's just got more rivalries than Damien Barrett at the moment. <laughs> There's a bit of beverage Barrett about this. Funny about settling settling Nodcast rivalries. I went to see Gus Paddy for a treatment last week, and as I was waiting in the waiting room, the uh, person coming out after uh, before me was. None other than Nodcast favourite Butchie. He was. Oh. <laughs> he bailed me up. He bailed me up in the in the waiting room, um, out at Narry North Osteo Clinic. And uh, yeah, he, let's just say he gave a bit of feedback on how things are going. Um, and then he, he he quickly pivoted into a rant about cashless society and how you need cash, um, and and how disappointed he was when he um, was at the footy club helping out at the girls. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, selling um, gold coin donations on the barbecue. And he did about 90 um, transactions on the FPOS machine. So he wasn't happy about it. $96 transactions. Do you know what he did on the weekend? It's, he's Okay, it's funny you say that because he dropped the FPOS machine in the bar. Uh, dropped. I'll, I'll emphasize that. So maybe stopped he's on it six yeah, times. Stopped on it and it, it wasn't working and he wanted cash only. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought up Butch I wasn't going to because I actually am scared of him but he was in <laughs> some unbelievable form Saturday night pre, pre-heading out he even invented his own drinking game Butch Ball which was essentially <laughs> do, do whatever he says or you get belted <laughs> <laughs> he was just dropping ping pong balls in people's cups and making them scuff Doing whatever you said or you get belted reminds me of playing under him when he was captain of the twos. It was basically (laughs) quarter time, go to wherever he tells you to go, do whatever he tells you to do, or you're just copping a whack. Actually, what treatment was he getting, by the way? What's what should be surely nothing wrong with Butch? He's he's in fine condition. I thought I was probably going to talk about this more in the whispers section, but maybe he's looking at a comeback. Maybe he's just he's loosening up the hips, getting getting back into playing way. Just though. Just a little hint. That's what I'm reading from the situation. Yeah, we might hear more about that in the whispers. Riles, um, one final question for you is one of the biggest Nodcast listeners out there and, and from a Nodcast born and bred family, what, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to do better? No, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I, I love it. If anything, push it out to three hours. So while I'm punching <laughs> out spreadsheets at work, I don't have to, I don't have to replay the thing. I can just... Listen to for three hours. <laughs> no feedback we, coming my way. If we started on time, Ben, um, we actually could do a three-hour episode. But as you and I know, we've actually been waiting here for for two hours for Steve to start up this this Zoom chat. So by looking at your digs, you look, look, look at just for anyone who who's listening. Digs is sitting there in a in a <laughs> sleeping robe, a beanie. He's got his eye mask up above on his forehead. He's obviously just lifted it up just before we started recording. And he's wearing a beanie that's one of those like Captain Snooze caps that hangs off to the side. I've never seen a man look more asleep while recording a podcast. And I reckon I reckon there's a bit of um I reckon there's a bit of like is it called baby butter? What's that stuff that people put in their skin just to keep it nice and soft? <laughs> 
Yeah, he's glistening. Actually, you can tell. You can tell I'm the only tradie in this podcast because I've got I've got work in a couple of hours, and you guys are just just getting home. Yeah, no, it's well past my bedtime as well. No, we we do things a little different down our way. Um, all right, let's let's jump in to the footy games from the weekend. So great to see the the seniors back on the winners board and with a big resounding victory. Not as getting the job done, 25-13-163 over the longest acronym in the history of acronyms, UHSVUAFC, <laughs> who are five goals, 12-42. Rob, just were you all the difference coming back from injury? or Oh, no, it was one of those team performances, absolutely. Um, boys were really, really good. So really, you know, you, you say this, but it was a team effort of 22 contributors and some outstanding performances on top, but it was really nice to see the boys um, play with confidence, play four quarters of really good footy and give the home crowd something to cheer about. I haven't won at Central, obviously, since 2019, so it was great to get back on the winners list there. You say it was a team effort, but Matty Fewings kicked seven. Surely he basically, given the other team only kicked five, he's one of the yeah, he was a bit dirty playing forward pocket, actually, for the game. He was a bit disappointed that he wasn't starting in the middle. So the instruction was, well, go and kick a bag and enjoy yourself. And he, and he did just that. He was slotting them by, from everywhere by the end of the game. He slotted a really nice one from the boundary from a set shot in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, him and Pooch were, you know, fighting over each other's scraps there on the, um, in the forward pocket. He kicked a couple himself. Chrissy Campbell was taking some big marks and kicked a couple. Pete Rosanides for his first game in the seniors for a while. He came and presented from full forward, got the big jukes out. There were some really good performances all around, actually. And Sam Michael played probably his best game for the club so far. He's been a really solid contributor in the first few rounds. But, you know, showed his class and he was, he was far too big and strong and, and skillful for UHS VU AFC. You've, uh, you've undersold a couple of guys there because Pooch, Nick Pascuzzi, he's actually jagged four, as is Chrissy Campbell. So a couple, I don't, know, I don't know what a couple refers to in your books. Well, when you, when you, team kicks 25, it's it's a couple in the scheme <laughs> of things. How many did you kick? Just looking, just kind of scan down the list. I uh, actually moved, 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 played back this week. So across the half back line, just sort of marshalling the troops a little bit and trying to keep the score as low as possible. They Are you a little a bit? Late ones. Are you a little bit flat about that? Because you played forward for the first four yeah. rounds and now <laughs> we come up against UHS at 25 goal win and you... Yeah, they swing, they swing me back, I know. <laughs> I would have been, I was licking my lips, um, you know, when I was seeing what the boys were feasting on. But that's all right. Team role, happy to do whatever it takes to get the win. So wherever the coach needs me, happy to play at the moment. It would be nice to get a little run in the midfield occasionally, but I'll, I'll buy my time. <laughs> there we go. Hint. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, the ones, Riles, how are you tracking with your recovery foot injury? Obviously, do you want to talk the listeners at home through what's wrong and when we can expect you back out there? Yeah, I um, unfortunately broke my pinky toe, so typically that's <laughs> a couple of seasons out. But I think I'm, I think I'm going to be a bit braver and uh, playing a couple of weeks, two to three weeks away. I think it's it's healing well. Is it we attempted to do a Daniel Chick and just cut it off so you could keep playing? Yeah, that's what I said. But Mario, who's a very smart man, for those who don't know, said it's your most important toe. So we'll roll with that. Sounds like a man who doesn't have the other four toes, I reckon. 
You reckon it's the most important? <laughs> Might be there for balance or something. I don't know. It's a question smarter than me can answer. If you go back to the round one clash, it's, it happens in the first quarter. I was watching the, the, the replay and it's really unlucky the way it happens. The guy sort of runs across you and lands on your foot and you sort of hop up. Have you watched it? I went looking for it once you mentioned that, but no, I don't remember it happening or, or I haven't seen it happen either. So don't recall at all. I played out yeah, the game, right. as you know, or most of the game. You know, I remember you coming off at one point. You're like, I'm running on the spot at you. Yeah, no, I was, I was whinging a hell of a lot. Good effort, though. Really good effort. Yeah, no, I was, I was dropping a few hints, maybe to maybe go down, go down forward instead of following a man around because I was running so slow. But unfortunately, that was just the end of the game for me. No, no forward pocket. You just need to be. You need to be a little bit taller. They, if, you're, if you've got any height, you'll play in every position at the moment. Where we're, <laughs> we're throwing the magnets around. One thing I, I will say about toe injuries, I did some recovery at the beach with Simon Hall yesterday, and he has got ten toe nails that are all black. I don't know what's <laughs> happened and what he's done. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Oh, yeah, he hasn't painted them, has he? No, they're no. It's not. It's not a gothic sort of set up it's like legitimate lack of blood flow and <laughs> injury it's uh, it's not good i did uh, i did see him driving into training last week and i heard him listening to a bit of afi so i just assumed <laughs> it was kind of the black nail polish gothic sort of style that he rolls with these days especially since he's grown the hair out yeah oh maybe there's a bit to that but no i think this was this is just injury and um age catching up not good He's in, the, he's in the injured group every time I've ever seen him training. Maybe it's for toenails. I just assumed he had an actual injury, but we just, well, he just... He broke his he broke his big toe um, round one 2018 and missed a lot of footy. So far as I know, that was the most important toe, but it sounds like... Oh, yeah. he, <laughs> Actually, speak, speaking of toes, um, Lockie Man, does he still have that mangled toe that he did growing up? Yeah, he's born with like a... Toe bent in half. He ran a very successful athletics career with a folded toe, which you just imagine how quick he would have been if he had a regular toe. <laughs> or maybe it was a bit of extra spring. I don't know. But um, I, he, he, it, he said that was a bit of his point of difference. It just gave him a bit of extra push off the start line, maybe. I don't know. It was like for, for Riles and Deeds, it was like kind of, if you can see my finger, if you like fold the end bit over a bit, and it sits yeah. underneath always. So just oh, kind really? of a bit of extra. Bit of yeah. That's, yeah. You're not oh, going to put that gosh. in the podcast, are you? <laughs> no, maybe. You can't, like, yeah. explain something visually. Good podcast material. I feel like the I feel like the listeners have got pretty vivid imaginations. I'm sure they can follow what's going on. <laughs> anyway, speaking of vivid imaginations, you would have taken a very vivid imagination two weeks ago to imagine that after starting 0-3, the twos would just win two back-to-back especially knocking off the top side in round four, but they have. They got the job done again on the weekend, 18-11-1-19, against the extremely long acronym that I think I've figured out while I've been sitting here, UHSVUAFC, which I'm assuming is University High School Victoria Uni- University Amateur Football Club. That's right. Getting some nods. Good, yep. So good name, not a good performance. They went down 5-6-36. So what's that, a 83-point loss. Um. Riles, did you get out and see the twos on the weekend? Yeah, I managed to see that one. Yeah, it was really pleasing sort of after the, the start we had. 
has have had this year, as you mentioned. And it was another relatively slow start this weekend. The, the first half, I think the boys will admit that uh, we were, weren't on the top of our game and our kicking was a bit off, but it was yeah, really pleasing to see how we just took control of the game that second half. Yeah, it was, what, 20 points at halftime, and then you've just kicked 12 to 2 in the second half. Good way to finish. I see Ding Andrew named amongst the best again. Be pushing for one selection again in the coming weeks. Yeah, he was really good, probably our best, and it was it was good to see him bounce back after last week, where I'm sure he would have been disappointed, but he wasn't. He was he wasn't bad uh, last week, but yeah, he was really good this week. Sort of wasn't alone though. Our midfield dominated that that second half. Aiden Brand Oliver has been super all year, and then the forwards were just capping it off. Franny Pileski kicked three, and he snags. Jimmy, you're going to see getting amongst the goals as well. How did um, Chuck Ullman go after just wandering down to play with the vets and, and just getting his, his arm twisted on Thursday night? So he lined up in the twos? Yeah, no, he was good. He, he didn't lose a one-on-one contest. Contest, I'm sure you could imagine. He blew up in this, the second quarter. He reckoned his calves were, calves were cramping, but <laughs> no, he was good. The thing was, you played him in centre-half back. He's never played centre-half back in his career. And then he comes back and you, you, he's, he should be tied to the goal square. <laughs> I don't think he was actually too happy about that. I think he wanted the goal square as well. But, yeah, centre-half back. You got, Sean Campbell's got his, got his uh, positions already locked away. He, once he decides where you're playing, that, that's it. You're not, uh, actually, having said that, I just want to bring up Ben. Ben forgot to mention, so... Well, uh, Luke Pipolo uh, led the boys out this week as captain. Um, he's the deputy vice captain. So obviously, Ben's out. Lockie McKenna's the vice captain. He's injured, as bloody all the McKennas are uh, at the moment. Um, nothing new there. Pipolo got his chance to lead the team out uh, this week. Got off to an absolute flyer when it did the toss. Then came back to the to the huddle. And told us we we're going the wrong way. So, oh no! <laughs> so, we talked about this last week as well, yeah. didn't we, on the podcast? Jeez, he he's got to start listening. That's his problem. We should have. I heard, I heard that he'd had a good night at a trans concert the night before too. Is that... <laughs> that makes him play better, I think. Yeah, was, there, there are reports that he was uh, asleep on the on the bench um, <laughs> as people were rocking up. So he's obviously come straight to the game. Uh, <laughs> but he, he played, he played well. And then as captain, you get a little, like this is what I was referring to before. He, he went up to Sean Campbell, I think in the third quarter and said, that's it, mate. Get me up forward. Walked on the ground and kicked an absolute bullshit goal from 50. Rolled, bounced about 38 times through 15 people and rolled through. Been on the ground for five seconds in the, in the forward line. So maybe a new, new role for him. That's the that's, that's the captaincy. You just, just put me down forward. Benny, Benny will be doing that if he ever gets to play in his team, which probably won't happen. Um, do, do you think you'll ever play twos this year, Ben? I, yes, definitely. I'll be coming back through the twos. Founders Day, hopefully. I don't think I'll be captaining, though. Unfortunately, I've got to get past the three digs just mentioned and the and the captain coach, Franny Pileski. <laughs> I, think, I don't think they can um, stand in your way if you're the captain. You're just the captain. You don't. You just walk in and say, "Boys, stand aside. I'm leading them out. My name's Ben Riley. Get out of my way." Interesting that you mentioned Francis, and we 
we had a deep dive into his um, preference to getting his hands on the whiteboard during the during a footy game and move the magnets around himself. It's funny because on Saturday at halftime in the in the ones game, Brad Kovac decided to not only move the magnets but take over the the halftime speech from Peter Banfield. So PB was going through some formations on the on the big whiteboard with um, 18 magnets in positions and Brad took it upon himself to <laughs> try and structure up the defensive half of the ground of UHS and position himself in that formation and where he was going to lead. But as he was explaining his leading patterns, he kept on knocking magnets off <laughs> the whiteboard and having to reposition a new set. And then he gave up midway through. It was very, very embarrassing for it's, it's not just anyone can move the magnets. It's a tough job. Um, just last quick one before we move off the twos, Oz Batalis back having to run around on the weekend. How'd he go? Yeah, very good. I should have mentioned him actually because that's that's a great effort by him to to come back and and play and that, and play with that confidence that makes him such a gun. So it's going to be good to see him get back some fitness and, and play some really good footy. So just to fill everyone in, Aussie's coming back or Osbert Talis is coming back from concussion. So suffered off the footy field actually in the indoor soccer court. Got hit by a, a, a deadly soccer ball. Um, had some really bad concussion symptoms for. A, number of weeks and months so great to have him back out on the field he's only um, been able to do a handful of training sessions but looked really confident looked really smooth out there so it's great to have him back and he's someone's definitely going to be pushing for selection in the ones you'd think boys yeah that's why you don't play soccer um the next one the threes had a bit of a bit of a shocker we went out at ormond and uh very uh, we'll pr- can't say we're undermanned because we sounds like the wheels are off. But... The wheels <laughs> sound absolutely <laughs> off. That is the most <laughs> disenchanted <laughs> intro to the threes. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to look. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll put it this way, right? We I think we kicked the first goal in the first fifteen seconds, and went in quarter time, goal down, half time, six goals down, seven goals down. Three quarter time, twelve goals down, lost by one hundred and ten. Um, we basically stopped curse. at that quarter time. Yeah, we just we, we we look if if you're judging players on fitness, we went in very very undermanned. We we just had had a lot of injuries. Um, had a number again on the day. One of the grosser for anyone that's seen it. One of the grosser finger dislocations of all time. Timmy Houston, who's sort of ring finger ended up in a different postcode to the rest of his hand and uh, had to go get that sorted out. It's a, a broken back. knuckle and dislocated. Yeah, we've had a couple of shockers this. So I thought nothing would be worse than pickles, but this one is one of the worst I've ever seen. So that, that wasn't great. But, yeah, so in the end, um, Ormond 19-20-134 knocked us off 3-6-24. A um, couple, of, couple of good shout-outs, though. Jason Watmau, who hasn't played a lot of footy in – the last kind of 10 years, really, he he had a really bad ankle injury, never really got the Rico done or anything. So he sort of came back to footy this year, but wasn't too sure he'd go and then did an ankle round one, which was disappointing. But he came back this week and he was really solid, took a lot of good intercept marks in defence. Benny Woods, just being Benny Woods, just solid as always. Joel Caffrey playing really good football. Jamie Satraro had a lot of it on the weekend. So a few of those guys that have you know played a lot of high footy, were good. Mitch Salek, who's come back to the club this year, 
Um, did some really good physical tough things on the weekend, but yeah, unfortunately, just not enough. Uh, not enough contributors. Not anywhere near it on the weekend. And we've got to turn our season around very, very quickly. If we don't win this week, I'm going to call it season over. I might have a solution for you, Steve, uh, to get the team back on track. I saw a, I saw an X threes player down at the at down at Central on the weekend. Dan Tran. Um, oh, hasn't been oh. down for a while. Maybe the dynamic duo of Dan Tran, Dills Tills up in the forward line could, could get the job done in the next few weeks. Get the boots back on for those boys. We're at a point, we'll try anything. Uh, we'd always welcome Dan back down to the club. One of the, one of the smaller guys I've ever seen on a football field. You need some smalls. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of you, smalls at the moment. Yeah, there's, there's smalls. And then there's sort of Dan, you always felt a bit nervous that he might get killed <laughs> every time. The, the pack came near him, but fantastic bloke, just great bloke to have around the team. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll take him at the moment. Any? Did you have any ring-ins this week? You, the thirds are known for their ring-ins lately after the injury crisis that you're currently going through. Uh, well, no, we had um, we had a guy play his first ever game of football. Paul Tantuccio um, made his all-time debut. He's a soccer player, but he. He, I guess that's about as ring in as you can get. Um, he, he went all right, actually. Got, got a little bit of it. Found a bit of footy in his first game. But no, we didn't. We just had um, we had the full gridiron contingent. So if a scrum had a broken out or there was, we wanted to, you know, sort of run a jet sweep or something, I reckon we would have been in pretty good shape. But um, the shotgun. No, no, it was just, yeah, yeah. We, we, we tried a few from the shotgun, but it just, just wasn't our day, even on the small ground. We did play against former Mazenod. Ruckman Tim McDonald on the weekend. He lined up as the opposing Pencil. Ruckman for Ormond. Pencil, yep. So um, that was provided a bit of entertainment, particularly at halftime. There was a bit of a melee that broke out. A lot of push and shove going on and Pencil sort of just wandered over and just tried to erase the whole thing with a bit of a, you know, <laughs> cowboys just calling out all the nodders by name, just get out of the way. Did, didn't want to get too close to the actual physical stuff, but Definitely was sort of chirping around the edges. Well, it's good to hear that he's doing well at Ormond because his father, Paul, obviously a multiple premiership A-grade player at Ormond. So I know that Tim had always wanted to get back to Ormond to play um, at his dad's old club. So it's good to hear he's going well. They're definitely playing some good footy that side at the moment, but uh, we'll we'll get him at home later in the season and hopefully it's a much better contest. Moving on to the next one, our under-19s, just the all-conquering at the moment. Uni Blues was the opponent on the weekend, and we got the job done, but very narrowly. 13-5, 83, Mazenod, some straight kicking there, getting the job done by a point. Uni Blues, 12-10, 82. The undefeated streak continues, but by the narrowest of margins. Bit of a departure from our usual thumping. I don't know if we're playing a bit of playing a few games there, just making sure we're not going up to the Premier Division after we had a chat about that last week. I wonder if there's a bit of posturing going on there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure. But, I mean, look, a win's a win. But um, it, it, I think I said it last week, but there is a pretty even ladder there. So we're, we sit top, we're five and five, but then you've got Old Trinity at five and four. Um, sorry, uh, four and one. Old Zabs at four and one, Uni Blues, who we beat by a point at three and two. So obviously they're in the mix as well. So it's a pretty, pretty strong top end of the ladder there. I think, um, look, I'm sure 
Damien Sherlock and the boys would be just happy to take the win, but it's not not sort of the thumping form that we've seen. I hear off the grapevine Ethan Sherlock playing some very good football at the moment. Um, solid performance from Dylan Mastos as well on the weekend. That's how you pronounce it. I uh, I got it in writing, yeah, so I don't big, exactly he's know. A, he's a tall utility type. Can move, yes. good skills, good hands. He's, he's a solid contributor. Any of the 19s players that caught your eye, Diggs, Benny? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, unfortunately, I don't get to train with him much this year, but from what I'm hearing and from the little I have seen, Andy Kovac is is uh, due to be a star here. Derek Free on the weekend. Playing some good really? Game. I thought he did. He's played a lot of halfback flank from what I've seen, so maybe they've moved him into the midfield and forward because, or he's cashing in off the halfback line, uh, which I know everyone likes to do if you can. D, I remember Deegs famously said that he need to get me forward, boys. I'm sick of kicking too many goals from the halfback flank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, mate. I was doing it every week, so imagine what I could have done up forward, Rob, in those couple of weeks. Probably would have well, I remember him. explaining to you at the time, it's a little bit harder when you've got an opponent when you're playing in the forward line instead of just <laughs> creeping off the half-back line and getting a cheap one. Deeks had a shot I've made that me. mistake before, Deeks. You, you sort of start chirping off to everyone about how many goals you're kicking from the back line on the midfield and get me forward and watch what I can do. And they put you forward and you don't get near it. Deeks had a shot from 80 metres out on Saturday. Backed himself. Wasn't wasn't caught a time or anything. He just backed himself <laughs> From 80 out. He just went back, did he? He, did. he didn't like go back and pull the socks up, did he? Yeah, no, it, was, it, wasn't, oh. it wasn't time. Time. It was within the quarter and he's had a shot from 80. How? Oh. How, where did, how did it go? I wasn't Barrels? aware. It wasn't quite 80 and probably just fell short. So, <laughs> no, my limit. Mind you, I, I couldn't hit a target all day. So, um, I know we gave Hawley a rap. Simon Hall, a rap earlier in the in the podcast year about dishing us some boots. I might have to take them back. Blaming <laughs> them that you dropped short from I'm 80. certain. I'm certain it's the boots. Yeah, I haven't I haven't worn my Pumas yet. I, I've got my set in the bag ready to go, but they look, they, you've got to kick well when you. Or you have you got the have you got the yellow ones? You got the fluoros? No, nah, not. I've gotten the blue to blend well, in with the sock a bit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do, do you think why the reports I'm hearing about Simon Hall's toenails? I'm not sure I'd be wearing any boots that he's. Oh, seen. they're 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 a glove-like fit. They're they're snug. They're snug. They're designed that way. Steel cap toes on the inside of the boots or something that are just <laughs> crushing your toes every time you take a step. Yeah, they're a bit like a bloodstone. I think. <laughs> Painted yellow. Don't, don't pretend you know what a bloodstone is, Rob. <laughs> you know, you're a suit, mate. <laughs> I heard. I've heard about them. They're pretty. They're pretty simple to Aaron Williams, aren't they? Bloodstones are ground in Tasmania, isn't it? Um, the other one, and I know we're all really up and about about this one on the weekend. The 19s Resi, so the 19s Blacks, got the job done. The big win, 15-494 against Pegs, nine fifteen sixty nine. We're on the winners' boards, and of course, I. I, I was not surprised at all to see our man Mark Pascuzzi just jagged four, leading the way. And Cooper Fisher kicked three as well himself. In fact, I think Zach Fisher was the other one who, who played pretty well in the ones. And I, I must admit, I saw it was a real Fisher-type weekend because one of the Fishers umpired us in the threes down in Ormond. And then after a game, Simon Fisher ran out to umpire whatever random game was being played after it. So there's a real 
taking over the lead type element to the fishes. And he, and Zach's got a, a rip up mullet going on at the moment too. So yeah, we'll just give absolutely. that a shout out because it looks real nice. And he's got the mo going with it too, doesn't he? He's got the blonde sort of wispy mo. A little bit of do you reckon he's channeling a little bit of Bailey Smith. Is that what he's going for? Uh, he might be. That's a there's a lot to live up to, Zachy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's backing yourself. But he's a wingman. <laughs> The long mullet, mo. I don't know, maybe get to it. Something we might have to explore. But the the nineteens blacks, they really got the party started on Saturday. They they, were, they had the um, first game at Central. Got a lot of momentum going. First win. They had a few ring-ins because we spoke about last week how they ended the previous match with thirteen players on the field. So there was a bit of. I understand they had a bring a mate to training night on Wednesday. Get a few new faces down. So there was a couple of that debutants on Saturday that started the game well. So Tristan Fernandez and Matthew Noon made their first performances for the boys, and apparently they were instrumental in the win. So good momentum in the Blacks now. Did you did you say sorry? That's their first win for the year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, good on them. Oh, we'd have to we'll have to check the team sheet, but I wonder if Fev was back. Nodcast favourite was he? Was he back out there? He might have led the troops. He he, he was. He jagged. Oh, one. there he, we go. That's why. In fact, I, so there was a couple um, of things I really took out of this game. The first one was it was fantastic to see um, who could a man that could be a bit of a cult figure, Tristan Franz Ferdinand, just making his debut with the Nineteens. Um, I reckon with a guy like that in the team, you're always onto something pretty good. And then the second one was our man Alex Pleski making his, well, second game for the season, but, you know, first non-injury game, coming back into the team, but just played without a number, according to the website. So he's already just trying to shield himself for taggers in future weeks. And I really well, like you, the you, arrogance. You think, you think that wouldn't work because you think they'd already know about him. He's done some damage in the three years he's played 19s. You think they'd already know. He's going to be the first guy to play 119s games. The rate well, going. But injury, that's the problem. He's he's yeah, not as he get on the park enough. Yeah. When your hamstrings are taped on, it's it's yeah, it's fair call. <laughs> Riles, you hearing much out of the nineteens blacks camp? I haven't, no, but I, I saw them walking off after the game and they were pretty chuffed, understandably so, the first win, but the rooms were the rooms were rocking after that win. And, oh, I, and I noticed they put this the theme song words up on the wall, the poster. Oh, sorry, I wonder, if, I wonder if there was more of a line set up than a, a full circle so the boys could see it. Uh, yeah, that's how you learn through repetition. Um, speaking of learning through repetition, one team that's getting plenty of practice this year is, is our women's team. Uh, the seniors got the job done again on the weekend, 2-3-15 against St. Bede's Mentone Tigers, 1-6-12. Massive, massive win, not in terms of margin, but just in terms of big game to get over the line. And there's obviously Aquinas who are just pantsing everyone, but we're starting to separate separate ourselves as the the best of the rest, it looks like, Deeds. Yeah. um, From what I I didn't get a chance to go down the game, but um, massive win for them. Uh, Apparently, it was just a grind all day, but obviously, like low scoring. So, I was close for most of the game. And I think the last quarter, uh, the ball spent 
the whole quarter in in their in Mazanod's back line and and they just couldn't score and um like new to the club this year Tanaya Redmond uh, was just marking everything and stopping every attack on goal that they had and I think they were a bit uh they were a bit nervous heading to the ground uh before the day because I think your cousin Steph Mann broke her leg the last time they were there oh yeah um yeah which was a few years ago so they got our got away unscathed this week, so uh, which is good. But yeah, a few uh, special mentions. Alicia Yanos was very very good. Had about ten tackles for the day and set up the a couple of goals for Adele Curley. Adele Curley, yeah. Made good footy from what I hear. Very Some good. Positive footy. things coming out about her performance. And I saw Nicola Piggott just getting amongst it again, getting amongst the best. Yeah, well, um, yeah, she was very, very good until she she copped a big knee to the back. I, I think it might have been the last quarter or the third quarter, but up until then was was dominating. And I think her, like I think she's been to the doctor since. So, but managed to save a couple of goals before before the the pain got too bad. So she's uh she's flying as well. But yeah, she's had a few injuries this year too. Flying with a broken wing, it sounds like. <laughs> I was um I was also pleased to see Bridie Charman getting amongst the best. Obviously, it's a great effort to bounce back and play so well despite living with the shame of your brother's performance on the Nodcast last week. Yeah, I think that was her first game, uh, or maybe a second game back in in the ones um, from retirement. Uh, so yeah, she she was very good. Uh, the Alana, one of the captains, was very good, and Claudia Maguire. Uh, doubled up again with a very good game and won the. They gave her a Shandon actually for for the uh, being the best. Oh, best no wonder you got the robe on. Sammy, yeah, <laughs> Gus Paddy's ears just prickled a bit then when he thought, "Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. If I play in the girls." Um, speaking of Claudia, actually, uh, the really really big milestone this week, and we've talked about some of the the milestones over the last few weeks in the men's team, but Claudia. This week will become the first female player at Mazenod in our history to play 50 games, which is a pretty, pretty incredible performance given the girls obviously play a few less games than the boys do and we've only been around for a few years. So you pretty much would have had to play every game to get to 50, I would have thought, plus a couple of finals thrown in. Would that be right, Deeds? Yeah, I think she's, um, I think she's played – she might have missed one game. Uh, but, she, yeah, she's one of the first – in the league to, to play 50. I think there's a few teams like St. Kevin's who have made finals every year who, you know, a few of their girls are, are making their 50th game earlier this season. But yeah, she's up, she's up there. Um, Pretty good yeah. effort. It, it's, it's, um it's obviously the Claudia's captain of the side and having been captain for the first three years, you know, making her premiership captain. Pr- pretty impressive. She's won, I think two BNFs. Is that right? Yeah, over that time and a runner up. Over her three years and uh, yeah. 2019 Baffa team of the year from memory, if that's, that's yeah, correct. So I, I think yeah. not a bad little um, career of stats. Resume she's put together. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's First probably 50 about, games. Gosh, takes three hundred. We knew that for most people. Yeah, actually, that's a yeah, that's a fair point. So what by 200, she's averaged out at eight BNFs, four team of the years, <laughs> four premiership captaincies. These days, there's no way she's hanging around with you 
when she puts that sort of career <laughs> together, mate, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty she's definitely uh very excited and she's she's organized the family come down on Sunday afternoon. I think it's at two o'clock, so yeah. And and a lot of the other girls are, are pretty excited for her as well. I think the next the next fiftieth game, if she plays every game this year, is Laura Backhouse. So uh, she could be the next one in the down the line. I hear the um, the presidents just shouting the bar that night after game fifty for Laura. So looking forward to that one as well. Um, just one one other question before we move off Claudia completely. Deegs, what type of sticky tape are you using on the banner? Uh, I'm not making any banner. <laughs> Even though I know 50 games is a very good effort for for the girls, but you save those ones now for juniors. What milestone ends a banner in seniors, do you reckon? Well, did you run out through one 250? No, I banned it after the 150 concussion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I won't be doing another one. Rob, Rob maybe, would maybe be... at 400 or something. Rob would have been pushing for one for his 200th and probably got denied. You know, no. he made his own. He made his own he and Molly just own. refused to bring it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm on about sustainability. I wouldn't waste the crepe paper. Maybe if you could find something woven out of grass or something, I'd probably run through it. But yeah, I think it's a waste the, of material, personally. What was, the, what was the last banner you can remember? I remember Fibsy's one for his 100th Mazinod game, which was his last game, wasn't it? You sure? Yeah, he had a banner. I'm sure he did. did I remember. Cool. I remember because I, 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 that surprises me because he didn't want to get carried off. I remember, it, and um, he was pretty disappointed the way how the the season finished. Because I remember putting my arm around him like, oh, you know, good effort, mate. And he's like, don't touch me um, because the boys <laughs> we lost by a hundred points or something. So yeah, we got um, pumped that day. Yeah, he wasn't happy. And I'd, I'd gone to the effort to get a few boys to speak on his behalf before the match as well. But, yeah, he wasn't a fan of it. Uh, so that surprised me he had a banner. I, I don't know. I think right. he did, from memory. Um, well, Someone else had he, a banner recently as well. In the, in the Maybe, well, obviously we didn't play last year, but the year before. Maybe at home, though. Might have been a home-style home banner. For the, for the Sam, Sam, Sam Reed yeah. had one, didn't he? Yeah, in Sam the street, Reed, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Did he have one for two fifty? He had one he played he had, in that yeah. game, and I don't remember the banner. No, no, it was in the street at home. Oh, at his home house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Turned on the grapevine. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that does sound right. All right. Well, speaking of the grapevine, nice little segue there because the De Bordelis team, the Resi women, um, just <laughs> <laughs> like that one. <laughs> Not my you best obviously way. like it. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't know. I, was, I was just I was looking for anything to get us to our next topic. But the, the Resi's women, big, big win against St. Bede's, 7-11-53 to nothing. Just a clean sheet. I don't say that too often these days. The girls must have been happy with that one, Dig. She's in good form, isn't she, Georgia? Um, apparently, they, they just dominated from, from the start uh, and St. Bede's were never never in it. Few early goals for Caitlin Wellsford uh, and Cass Stevenson sort of ended the game pretty early, and from then on it was it was party time. Uh, Julia Bortoli, uh, De Bortoli, as you mentioned before, Steve kicked a what's being described as a goal of the year nomination nominee or contender. I told you, I knew, I said she's a sharpshooter. 
Yeah, you did. You did say that, Rob. A uh, bit of a snap or banana from the boundary. So, bit of cereoli there. Um, Jake Charman will be claiming that one too, I reckon. Probably all the all. That's all he does. Just bananas from the boundary. T- t- sort of Tim McInerney style from back in the Norfell days. Uh, that's all he. That's all he did at <laughs> training. Uh, but yeah, the 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 sisters um, in the team. So the Lennon sisters running a mark in the midfield and. The Scrignard sisters, uh, with Jess having a, a best on ground and, and younger sister, Emily, also playing very well. And then, so a bit of a story. So Heidi West returned to the club for her first game back, left her boots at home, had to play in uh, Jesse Piggott's size 10 boots when Heidi West is a size 6. Ooh. So she wore, she wore four pairs of, pairs of socks. <laughs> Four pairs of socks for the game, which is... Uh, do you wear them up or do you wear them down when you've got four pairs of That is... I've got no idea, but I don't know how... You wouldn't even feel the ball getting kicked, would you? Do the padding in the boot. Maybe that's what Hawley needs to start doing. Bit of protection for the pedals. A bigger size and a couple of, a couple of pairs of socks, maybe. I also Gosh. spoke to... Bronte Lennon yesterday, and she was saying that it was great to play with her sister Meg, and both are performing strongly here. So that's great to having two sisters playing yeah. side by side in the midfield. And then, yeah, and and also big listener, one of my sister's friends, Anthea Kaladis, uh Also, just want to shout out. <laughs> so I'll give her a shout out. She, 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 <laughs> she played, but well, she's not a. I wouldn't have picked her to be a, a listener to the podcast, but. Apparently, there's a few girls out there that are that are listening in. So, um, and then you, so obviously she came back from uh, Greek Easter or whatever it was the week before. Had the week off, so she was back. And then you've got. Yeah, your, I mentioned that on the you know on naming the teams, and you've, you know you've got like so and so omitted, so and so hamstring, so and so Greek Easter. <laughs> Just it's as good a reason as any to miss a game. Yeah. It's a it's a great day of the year. Yeah, that's right. And then you've got your your um, your regulars, Elise D'Angelo, Laura Backhouse, just just getting the old firm, just getting it done. Done. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit Nina of Nina Marvin's been kick. hitting some form, from what I hear. I suppose tell me, she has been. There's a few. Well, in a big win like that, I think they all played pretty well on the weekend, which is good. Good to see. Does that make six from seven on Saturday? Yeah, it does. Oh, it does. It does. It was. Oh, no. Manny Backhouse, I don't know what he was happy about that we lost the game, and so he didn't have to do the president share because he had a bit. He was very quick to say six out of seven, so I wasn't sure if that was a positive for the club or he was happy about the fact that he didn't. We didn't quite get to the seven out of seven because there is there is some cowboy shots behind glass in case (laughs) that happens. In case of emergency, yeah. Well, call it. This is the week that. The threes are definitely winning because it's season over if we don't. So, um, to the other six teams, just hold up your end of the bargain and we can uh, get into the president's wallet. Rob, moving on, what do you got for us this week? What's our topic of discussion? So, I think we did we name this last week the, the deep dive investigation into nostalgia and other things. Do we, is that how we we landed? We landed on something. Sorry, getting massage from Gus, the the very firm hands of Gus Paddy last week, and we were talking about superstitions. And I had the the moment of clarity, realizing that 
receiving um, some deep tissue work is probably one of mine. But we were going through some of the different superstitions that players have at the club and I wanted to throw it out to you guys to, to find out what sort of superstitions you've experienced or you're, you have or teammates have had over the years. I've got a few examples. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, Sam Reed and Chama Jaywira both used to throw up before every single game. They used to walk into a cubicle each um, and throw up just before we ran out. That was on clockwork week after week. That was clearly superstition there. Bit of Glenn Archer about that, from what I hear. He used to have that that's pre-game superstition. A, that's a big well. rap to Shimbone of the century. That's... Yeah, well, um, you're talking two legends of the club, Chama and, and Sammy. Absolutely. That was an interesting one. Also... I can't remember if it was Sam cracking Chooker's back or Chooker cracking Sam's back, but they used to they used to cross his arms. Or maybe they did it to each other. They used to cross each other's arm and get a bit of a back release. That was that was an interesting one that happened on Clockwork. Peculiar. Brad Kovac likes to drink a can of V every game about eleven thirty, and he rocks up to the game with his can of V. And we were asking him the other day why he does that, and it turns out. He kicked a bag of four goals back in under-14s after drinking a can of vape. So he's done it every week since, hoping he's going to be able to replicate it. And then Mac Andrew played his third senior game the other day, and he rocked up with a can of vape. And I was asking him what was going on. He said, oh, Cove's told me to do it. Apparently it works. <laughs> so yeah, he's an impressionable young man, old Mac, but he, he's on it. Any superstitions you guys have noticed? Footy clubs are full of them. My least favourite one is is Nick Peck's decision to bring out a can of tuna in the rooms. Oh, no. <laughs> that should be illegal. Yeah, that's got to mess with everyone else's form. Can't do that. I did that once. I've done that once in my playing days. It was actually a, um, a VAFA representative game, and I uh, got absolutely howled down by some guys from other clubs saying that this is they've never seen it before. And if you're at our club, we would have spun you for this. So. Yeah, I was. I've never done it at Mazinon. Can someone talk me through why you'd eat tuna in the rooms before a game? <laughs> Ask Bob. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. I remember Tom Riley yeah, coming well, to halftime. Why would you eat tuna ever, let alone in the rooms? Before? Like, what, what, what is the purpose of it? A tuna of all things. I think protein. Rationale. A bit of something to eat, nothing too heavy. But as I was saying, Tom Riley rocked up halftime meeting a couple of years ago with a, a meat pie and sauce from the canteen. <laughs> I, I, I've at, never seen that. At, at, like the pre-game halftime meeting? Half-time yeah, the two. pre-game halftime meeting, like, you know, about to play ones. He's got a pie and a sauce in his hand. Not the worst. I know I know. there's a couple of superstitions down in the threes. Um, on the food topic, I know uh, our man Phil Gilbert, sweet chili filly, just pops by Hungry Jacks, gets a double whopper on the way to each game, just to <laughs> just to sort of get himself, you know, loaded up with the nutrients. What are you playing at 9.20, Steve? What are you uh, playing in the early game, 9.20? No, that's, uh, I've asked him that question. He goes, no, no, don't worry. They do 24 hours on the, <laughs> the menu, so you're fine. Do the, don't they do the breakfast burritos now or something? Yeah, but that, would, that wouldn't be a superstition <laughs> if you changed your order. Um, and, and actually, I must admit, speaking of getting drive through on the way to games, I back in the day when mum and dad used to own a Tarago, I used to drive to the twos away games in what we called the Tarago of Love, taking about well, it had eight <laughs> seats. So we'd take seven other players. So 
almost half the team are in this one car and we every single time get Macca's drive-thru on the way to the game. Most people wouldn't really eat anything, but we just always get something. And we we had a couple of occasions on big away games, like driving out to Rupert's Wood or something, where we'd pull over in the drive-thru off the side of the freeway and get stuck there for 30 minutes in a giant line of people getting coffees and end up rocking up to the game 20 minutes before the game started with the whole the coach and everyone stressing that we weren't going to have a team because eight blokes are running really late. Um, and another one just in the threes, Steph Davis. We've, we've talked about him previously. Big goal kicker, former Baffer's strongest man. He, number one, won't arrive within like any more than 20 minutes before the game starts. Number two, will not do any of the warm-up. So while everyone's warming out, he'll then go and get himself strapped and he'll do as much strapping as is needed basically carry him through till the game starts and he'll just walk out into his position and he'll just stand there and then kick eight. This is how he rolls. I've got a couple uh, from the resies. They're, they're, not, they're not big ones, but I know Franny Pileski loves the, the red undies. Uh, Matt Sire always has to go and, and do his hair in the mirror. Um, that might just be because there's a lot of it. Does he, still get, um, he, does he still get the surfboard wax out? I reckon he used to get the well, surfboard Well, this wax. is the thing. He doesn't bring it himself. He's always asking everyone else for a bit of hair wax. So, I don't know. That's how I know about it because he keeps how, asking everyone every week. Who's assuming someone has hair wax in their football bag? Uh, to be to be fair, Franny Pleski always does. Um, <laughs> so, he's one. But, that's a superstition. Yeah, that's a superstition. And then I've got... I know Matt Fewings, um, he likes to pump a bit of iron before before driving to the game just to make sure the arms are looking uh, <laughs> nice and slick. <laughs> the problem is he's not pumping iron any other part of the week because he hasn't put a lot of weight on yet, Matty. So. <laughs> no wonder he didn't want to go play forward pocket on the weekend. He wants to be, you know, where the crowd can actually see the arms. You don't want to start yourself down in a distant pocket away from the crowds. And then I've got another. I've got one from the from the girls. So uh, just put the message out earlier just to see if anyone has one. Erin Bunter, of all people, I wouldn't have thought she'd be a a superstitions girl, but she drives through. Uh, she's got to get a one dollar coffee from Seven Eleven. She finishes that before she rocks up to McDonald's, and then she gets another coffee uh, from McDonald's. Just to, one of just each. To, one of each, uh, in that order. No, not the other wow, order. That's fantastic. Been interesting. That's a it? that's a really niche uh, type I've, superstition. I've got another one. Not so much a, a superstition, more a more a routine. And he's not a player anymore either. Oh, Peter Riley. The oh, be careful. Be careful. I've <laughs> seen the game, which he'll be uh, timekeeping. He'll <laughs> sit here on the couch with his with his little timer and timekeep the last. Quarter of the the Friday night footy on the TV, <laughs> <laughs> and if there's any discrepancies, he he might even email the the AFL. Oh, he'd be straight on to Steve Hockey. He would not take it, especially. I reckon that probably stems from was it Siren Gate St Kilda was involved in back in the early two thousands. Oh, yeah, He's probably the one that cited that. He would have called Rod Butters and said, let's sort this out. Oh, that's fantastic. I must admit, um, if there's a person you want with their finger on the siren trigger, 
it's a man who, when you send him an email at 10.30 p.m. at night on a Wednesday about a registration for a player, he responds in about 30 seconds. It's yeah, and, and he also reminds you that it took you three days to um, register when you should have done it a day earlier. <laughs> he's very quick. He's very quick to remind you how long, when you registered, when you haven't. But we appreciate the work he does. 300-game uh, player of the club. I remember um, after I played my 200th recently, he said, you've still got 100 to go, mate. There was no, there was no congratulations. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, so it was... Um, he wants to come on too. Uh, that was another thing that he mentioned in, in his text message. He demanding to, to get a bit of air time at one point to clear a few things up. So we'll have to clear. make that happen too. Rebuttal, yeah, we might have to <laughs> happen later in the year. Um, it, did he know, Benny, did he know you were coming on tonight? Yeah, he did. Yeah, gave me some advice. Oh, yeah? What, what, what was yeah. the advice? He said, don't beat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait till he gets on because uh, I'll tear him to shreds. The family will. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's really good. I think it's worth um, mentioning now, we, we made him spin um, retrospectively because – he, it turned out we only became apparent to the, the current playing group in 2016 that he actually jumped from the thirds to the firsts to play his 300th game. Have you, you've heard, is that a family story? Does that get brought up often in the Christmases? Yeah, no, obviously his whole career gets brought up every Christmas, but <laughs> that one in particular, obviously, he, he does admit that that was a, a charity game, but maybe we'll leave, leave him to tell that story. Yeah, it was always an interesting one that he was able to make that jump. I don't know if anyone's ever gone from threes to ones. Steve, is that has that happened in your time? Certainly not in my time. I mean, obviously, the threes are a football factory. So most ones players running around have played threes at some point. They've come through, come through the yeah the factory. But no, I, I'm aware of a couple of people that did the reverse, got dropped from the ones to the threes. <laughs> That's a big um, yeah. There was a bloke by the name of Steve Grantham that did it a few years ago who who just played ones. They took a look at him and said, mate, we might, uh, might slot you into the threes next week. Thanks, though. Um, and there was, yeah, it'd been a couple. But no, it's, it's pretty impressive. But I think for a, for a legion of the club like that, who's probably played the vast majority of their career as one football. Oh, yeah, I think so. Fair, fair gesture. I understand it was a dead rubber, so they wanted just to let him go out on his terms. As the club should. The weekly whispers, boys. But Benny, I don't reckon there'd be many people in the club that are just hearing more, more plugged in than you are. Benny, got any weekly whispers for us? Uh, I should have had more of a think about this. This one's not so much a whisper because I've seen it with my own eyes, but I got wind of who you guys are thinking of having on next, and I may have let them know. And they have started notes in their phones with stories about their own career and jokes. Oh, oh yes. I like started this. Started making notes. They're writing he a script. She, sorry, he started making notes. Who are we having on next? I don't even... I'm not yeah, I know we decided. Know we have <laughs> either, but this I is a like great this. rumor. Yeah. Ooh. So the, the person knows they're coming on and we don't know. I don't know, I don't know who's pulled the strings. Is this, so Jake, is this perhaps someone... Type? Is this perhaps someone that we approached about doing a previous episode? They were unable to availability wise. And we said, I oh, will get you on again in a couple of weeks. 
not as far as I know. No, I think Ben but, was that person. Yeah. No, there's one other person who who we've done that with. But if it's not that, then I don't know who it could be because I can't. We've got, <laughs> got a person, bit of a loose person, list. This person was potentially going to be a part of this episode with me. Oh. Oh. Maybe, maybe my uh, now I'm across my it. source inside the podcast is now I'm across lost. it. We've, we've already mentioned we've already mentioned it. Oh, is this Peter Riley we're talking yeah. about? This is Peter oh. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. I like yeah, it. He's I go, we'll give him a bit longer. Um, we'll get him on later on in the years, just so he can really load up with some ammo because he'll go <laughs> he'll go out shooting. Just it, anyone he can. We've got to send a cheerio to Peter because he's recently had. Knee replacement, is that right? He's recovering at home. How's he doing? Yeah, yeah, shout out. Uh, he's a big fan of the show, so he'll be listening. But uh, <laughs> he's actually not home yet. He's still in hospital. It's almost been seven days, and I think he's actually still in a bit of pain. So hopefully he's home soon and, and recovers in time to, to come watch the Notters play some finals. Do you, know, do, you know why, do you know why he's getting a knee replacement, Rob? This is what he texted me. Uh, oh, no. Why? Yeah. He said he had too many kicks throughout his career and um, <laughs> just said, just be careful because that's what happens when, you, when you're racking up disposals every weekend. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> leather poisoning turns into gangrene after a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, boys, I've got one for you. And this one, this one was pretty exciting, for, particularly for, for a few people within the club who, who see this guy as a bit of a cult figure. But... Sighting on the weekend at the thirds game, Fothers, Mick Fothergill, oh. walking around the ground Oz-Gill. while Ozkick was on before the threes rocked up. And he, he was sort of sighted from the car by a couple of people. He made quick eye contact and just sort of scampered off into the trees and ran away. But it was, it was, it was genuine <laughs> in multiple sources. So he, he obviously, he wants to remain in, in sort of... <laughs> You've explained him like he's that panther that's been sighted like every now and again in rural Victoria. He was was one of those white leopards that they go looking for in the Arctic, I reckon. But apparently it was him. So Fathers is out there and he's he's in the Ormond district somewhere, apparently. (laughs) So it was exciting to to hear that on the weekend. I've got got a rumour. It's related to us, but it's also related to another club. There's a... There's a former player that, that played at Mazenod and um, he left. Still has a lot to do with a lot of Mazenod, a lot of a lot of Mazenod players, um, but he's obviously come across our Nodcast scene that's going well, and he's decided to start his oh, own podcast no. at this oh. club. And I won't name names because he'll listen for sure, and then and I'm sure he's going to message me uh, when the well, time can we name, can we name the club? club? He's taking it yeah, to can you name the club. Okay, he's uh, playing beads. Potentially. Oh. <laughs> it becomes pretty obvious, doesn't it? Once you, once you work it out. <laughs> he's definitely. Uh, do we name him? No, we won't name him. So, <laughs> nah, yeah, he's an opposition player. So, um, but yeah, go don't don't go and check the Saint Beads one out. It'll be no good. Um, <laughs> it'll probably be a direct copy of this one. So. Well, if the St. Bede's guys are rocking up to record it in dressing gowns and nightcaps, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Any others? 
Well, I sort of alluded at the start of the session that I had a bit of a whisper about Butchie and a potential comeback. I think I might have already said a little bit too much and I don't want to break any doctor, patient privacy laws. I, even though Gussie's not really a doctor, he's an osteo, but claims to be one. I don't know what the exact technicalities are, but I don't want to break any I don't want to break he's any rules. He's a sponsor of the club you're talking about, Rob. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great osteo. He's just not a great doctor. Um, but, yeah, Butch, he's, he's been going on a regular session, so that could either mean that he's, he's gearing up for a, a comeback or being a brickie for... 30 years has caught up with him. I'm not sure, but um, there's, a, there's a chance. There's a chance he's coming back and that'd be great for the footy club, I reckon. He's a, he's a former B-grade premiership star, so it'd be great to have Butchie back out on the field if we can. Certainly would. Well, he adds value wherever he goes. Uh, boys, that's probably all we've got time for tonight. Um, Riles, thanks so much for joining us on the pod. It's uh, fantastic to have the two's captain just throw his weight around the podcast, even if he can't throw his weight around the field. So good luck with the recovery. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Rob Diggs, good luck on the weekend. Um, hopefully we can uh, get another win on the board, cross the board and head into Founders Day with a bit of form. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing about Claudia's big 50th, Sammy. I'll let you know. Hopefully it's a good win. Go the Nodders. Go the Nodders.